Hello, welcome to True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? I'm great. How was your weekend? Not bad. Can't complain. Um, it was dry. That was nice. It's been a little, little wet last week. So even though it's cold, dry is always preferable uh, to precipitation. <laughs> even though I know precipitation is necessary for the ecosystem and all that. <laughs> right. But not, not, not for the Hector household. Uh, no, no, definitely not. <laughs> uh, David, it's trade uh, deadline week, matter of days here. Thursday is trade deadline. Uh, and next Thursday will be the last regular season game before the All-Star break. I feel like, and we've talked about this sort of indirectly, players need a break. But it's it's everything right now, right? It's the physical, the mental, the if you're a type of player whose name is always brought up in trade rumors. And then it's also... I've been around these people, my teammates, coaches, trainers, whoever, like all the time for the last however many months. I need a break from these people. I just want to go and do something else for a while, reset and get my mind right as we finished the last, you know, third of the season or so. But I know you talk to players all the time and you stress to the ones who aren't going to be in all. So even ones that do go, the importance of sort of taking time to, to recollect and get themselves ready for the conclusion of this grind of a season. Yeah, last year I think I had three guys in the All-Star Weekend, and I told all of them, uh, get the fuck out as sec- the second you can and go to warmth. That's the other thing you didn't mention is um, most teams play in cold-weather cities, and yes. most games are played. They don't see the daylight a lot. And so I was talking to a young, very talented young player, uh, first-round pick, um, last night, and I said, you know, I don't want to talk to you about the All-Star break again. Until it's here. And I'm, I said, I'll map out a schedule for you, you know, during your break. But where do you think you're going to be? And he's a rookie. So he said, uh, oh, I'm going to see, you basically want to see a family member in the middle of the country. Mm-hmm. And now where he plays isn't so cold, but it's, it's not great. And he's right. traveling a lot. And I said, uh, you're a young man. But there's <laughs> going to be a time, maybe starting next summer, where you're going to want to go to warmth. You know, just... Take your shirt off, get in the sun, feel warm. I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm spoiled living in Florida. It's a little right. chilly here on occasion, but we've I was in a tank top all weekend yeah, and yeah. literally in the sun, and it's warm. And uh, players have said to me they just feel so much better when they're warm. You know, they're used to – they don't like cold gyms. Right. The arenas are freezing. They freezing. work up a sweat, but – I have to, I mean, I told my wife for Valentine's Day, if you want to get me like a utility jacket to wear <laughs> anytime I go to a game, because it's, I, and I'm never cold, I'm freezing now before right. games start. Once all the fans are there, can warm up, but mm-hmm. holy cow, 90 minutes early, oh, is it it's freaking It's freezing cold? in that in those arenas. They're pumping AC in there in the middle yeah, of the winter. Right. I'm like, this is. <laughs> so I think, it, I think all that adds up. I also think that uh, it's, it's first week of February. They're, they still got a good two months left to play. If they suck, it's not a great two months. That's <laughs> right. not fun. If they're good, well, then the real season starts. And there's stress <laughs> associated with that. Excitement and stress. Yep. And so, yeah, we're still, you know, we're in that throes. But I don't like players thinking ahead. It mm-hmm. gets them in trouble. Uh, and I always tell them, uh, literally until the last game ends before All-Star break, you, you know, have your wife, your significant other, your agent. Mm-hmm. Your parents even set up, you know, tell them where you want to go for the holiday, for the break and just focus on basketball. Cause you, it's really hard to do both. Yeah, this no. games, this game very demanding. You'll see games, especially get down the stretch yep. where uh, Owen team just doesn't show up. Cause they're thinking about the break before it's here. Yeah. yeah. No, it's true. You mentioned the sun and guys like, you know, physiologically also like the sun is the only place we get vitamin D from naturally, right? The only other way you get it is from pills, right? So the, the, it is so necessary. To, I mean, why do you think I go away to the Caribbean at the beginning of every year? Because it's freezing up here and I have to get actual sunlight to get myself feeling right again. It's it's just so, so vital. So these guys needed to, um, as David said, traveling all the time, playing in at night all the time, right? They get out, it's dark. They rarely see the light of day. They take naps during the day because they got a, they got a game right. at night. You know? I, I, I have been, I've coached a number of light-skinned men and some of them I, I have seen during All-Star break and I'm always Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> always. They are, they are, my, and my, my son is my coloration. So in the summer, we can be really dark. Uh, not right now. He is as pale as a ghost. <laughs> all, they never see the sun. They're in the gym yeah. all the time. 
<laughs> yeah. It's, and uh, he plays I, in Florida. <laughs> he plays in, yeah, Tallahassee's northern Florida, so it's really south Georgia. Yeah, it's way colder there than here, typically. And, um, yeah, I mean, and he's in the gym all the time anyway. So all these guys are. It is. And so all that adds up. Yeah, all that adds And um, the better cultures keep it fun, keep it interesting, mm-hmm. keep it exciting. It also is fun to play for good teams. Oh, where games, gosh. I'm telling you, games, playing in games that matter. You know, I listened to, this is not off topic all that much. I think you'll like it. I listened to Steve Clifford last night, uh, post game. They played the Pacers. And I just wanted to hear what, what do you, like, what, is, what does that look like? I don't really follow the bad teams much, but right. um, I think he's a good coach in a, in a tough situation in Charlotte. And uh, he was amazing. And he talked about, he doesn't, like Brandon Miller is playing really well. 35 last night. That's why I was watching really is to see it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a big fan of his game. Yep. I don't know him, but I'm a big fan of his game. And he was asked about his progress and he was real frank. He said, you know, he's working really hard. Uh, you see him score 35 is pretty damn impressive, but like, we're not really that competitive. And they, now they cut it to four in the third quarter. The Pacers were blowing them out. It was a nine point game in the fourth quarter, but it's still mildly competitive, but through large stretch of the game, it's not competitive for a lot of Charlotte's games. And Steve was saying, uh, we, we need to play in important games for these guys to, to really improve and for us to evaluate because I, he said, I've been, you know, this guy's been coaching a long time. There's been, I've just been coaching a lot of teams where the last 20, 30 games just don't matter. And so how do you yeah. – he said, I've seen teams make mistakes in believing a player is X because of how they've done down the stretch. But in reality, they were X minus something because mm-hmm. that team wasn't any good and the games didn't matter. So the games weren't intense. I think it's a really smart thing. So this is you – know, we, we want as many competitive, close games as possible for the fans. It's better for the players. And for these guys, when they're when they're not mentally totally invested for all the reasons we've just talked about, it's it's a lesser product. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lesser product. So yeah, everyone's looking forward, me included, looking forward to it. <laughs> and it's hard, right? Because a lot of these guys, David, the the most this is the most they've 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 lost in terms of competitive sports in their entire lives, right? They're probably on really good high school teams. Maybe pretty good college teams. Then you come to the NBA and it's like, yeah, we're nine and 30. Like that's 30 losses in a season. Like most of those guys don't know what that's like. So it's, you know, and you don't want that. As you said, winning is also, you said in the past, winning can be a habit. Losing is also a habit. You know, I don't typically ever mention a player that I've helped uh, until they're pretty close to retiring. Um, but I, I may have mentioned before, and I don't mind saying this, he's a two-way player named Don Barlow from the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Dom reached out to me two years ago when he was when he was given the two way deal, and just he, he had met me in the pre draft. I was training his trainer. Actually, I coached his the, the pre the pre draft coach, who's now assistant coach for the Celtics. He's great. Um, and he asked me the greatest question imaginable. He's he was nineteen years old when he asked me this question. Uh, he said, "Coach, what what am what am I about to face in the NBA that uh, I'm not prepared for? That I'm and I'm not even aware that it's going to happen to me." Now, at that point, I've been doing 20 seasons of NBA players and had never been asked that question before. <laughs> and I told him the losing. He's like, what do you mean? I said, well, you were at overtime elite last year. And the games were ridiculous. They weren't real games. It wasn't like you sit all day. I mean, right. I, I've been coached high school. There's High school games mean everything. Even going back to my senior high school, I remember our final game in the district championship and the excitement the day before and all of that. And the night, the morning before. Overtime League didn't have that. Before that, he was killing it in New Jersey. He was player of the year in New Jersey and all of that. And he didn't go to college. And I said, um, the Spurs are going to lose a ton. I don't know about your GLE team. I don't know about that. But my guess is they'll probably lose a lot too. But if you end up with the varsity a lot, that's what I call the, you know, the main team, just going to lose a ton. I was obviously, we're trying to get Victor. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's going to really fuck with your head. And this kid's – Dom is really one of the, one of the most rare brains I've ever encountered – and never won in a 6'9", 230-pound frame at 20 years of age. Really <laughs> a special talent. And he's going to be in the G League All-Star game this year, which is great. He, um, he said to me a few months into the season, I didn't have any appreciation for what you said. I said, well, that's why you asked me the question. You asked, what am I not prepared for that's really going to um, – and he said, but you're right. He said, this is really hard. Uh, what are you excited about? What are we doing? Where's our progress? It's, it's a yeah. challenge. And so for a lot of these players, I was just looking today at how a lot of guys are doing in the NBA. 
And it's just way more fun to be on a winner. It just is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Makes coming to work way more enjoyable. I mean, it really does. Everybody, right? It's it's it, that's in every walk of life, right? However, however you classify wins in your in your line of work, right? Like it's just way yeah. better to yeah. be winning. Um, a, a team that that I'm interested in, David. Um, they made headlines because they fired their coach, Adrian Griffin, um, who just <laughs> last job, week, right? The guy was on the job for th- three and a half months, four months, and they, the record was perfectly fine. They were num- number two in the in the Eastern Conference on the higher. No, 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 no. The record wasn't perfectly fine. It was very good. Oh, very good. 30 and 13. <laughs> right. They were, they were very good. <laughs> and, you know, they decided to go in a different direction, whatever. Yep. They hired Doc. And I, I was wanted to dive into them. I was like, but what's going on with them? They lost to the Utah Jazz last night. And that's really what piqued my interest first. And look, I love Utah. Lori, everybody knows that. But the, the Bucks had the lead in this game. Um, and yeah. then had some bizarre fourth quarter meltdown where – they weren't defending, and I mean, which they never defend, which is going to be one of the things I know you're going to talk about. Um, and it's just things just don't seem right there. You mentioned in our editorial call this morning, Giannis standing at the free throw line or the opposite end, just sort of standing there shaking his head. I did see that clip. Well, I also want to say, oh, Giannis, really? It's yeah. a clip. Yeah, it, yeah they, 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 it, it's on. It's on. It's on Twitter. I definitely saw it. But I want to be like Giannis. But he, he, this is what you wanted. You, you wanted Dame. You wanted Griffin. You wanted Bud gone. You wanted Griffin gone. You want, well, I mean, everything is what you wanted, and you're unhappy. Well, uh, you know, this is this is a problem. But I, I kind of want to dive into what's going on with the Bucks because remember when we did our draft uh, of conference. I begrudgingly took them. I didn't want them, which sounds crazy. Who doesn't want a team with Giannis and Damian? But I was like, I don't. I just don't trust them at all. Like, I something's not right there. What What do you see? What's going on in Milwaukee? I watched the fourth quarter. I want to say they were outscored forty to seventeen. I watched it last night live. I watched it live. I, I, I used uh, the Milwaukee telecast and I listened to their announcers. And it, it didn't seem to me like the announcers realized in real time, oh, we're falling apart until all of a sudden the game was over. It was really weird. The Milwaukee had controlled. I think they outscored them by a lot in the second quarter. Third quarter, they got outscored by five. But it looked like Milwaukee was winning the game and they got smoked. They really got smoked. Um, a few things happened. They couldn't make a shot. That was the biggest thing. They couldn't make a shot. And they couldn't guard at all, which has been a problem all season. We've talked about Kate George made some big shots, mm-hmm. uh, which is not something you expect some you know teenage rookie to do. But right. he did. He was exciting. He had a big-time dunk. Dame got wide open. Blake Beasley wide open. They couldn't score. Missed. Mm-hmm. And it didn't seem like they played with any urgency in offense. They, just were, they were just open and they missed. Doc Rivers said after the game, uh, you could have scripted better shots. He's right. They were open. But I would have liked to see them a little more demanding to – like I'm not someone who thinks that, well, if you're missing threes, just go to the rim necessarily. That's what, always what every announcer says. I think that's sometimes a good thing if you think you can be successful. A lot mm-hmm. of times announcers say that when the reality is, well, that team's not going to score in the paint anyway. Mm-hmm. So you're better off just keep shooting. But Milwaukee has Giannis. They mm-hmm. should be able to. Um, I watched, I did not know it was on Twitter. I saw it live and I wasn't looking for anything. The game's over. Right. I, they come out of a timeout. There's Giannis, the camera's on him closely. And he just, he's just shaking his head with a look like, what the fuck just happened? How, how have we, it's not like the Celtics did it to him. Right. Or really any playoff right. team. It, it was, was the Jazz. Jazz. Yeah. And I don't remember Markkinen even doing very much. I have to look no. and see. I don't, I don't remember mm-hmm. him seeing in that whole stretch. I didn't remember him scoring. So no, I don't think marketing was not the catalyst for that. Comeback. It wasn't Lauren. It was Laurie. And so, yeah, seeing Giannis do that, I thought, oh boy, this is like, this is, you know, we'll, we'll see how doc unites. And there was a time in his career. He was good at that. I just think there's no evidence to suggest he's good at that now um, for whatever reason. And, um, but I did put something in our document. I don't know if you saw it. Mm-hmm. The Dame Lillard splits. Mm-hmm. Have you looked at it? I have. Look at if No, look, if, I'm a, uh, open it up if you want. As someone who's done this for a long time, breaking stuff down analytically, you have to remember, Gerard, I was asked, it was two of us in 07, 08 season, my first year at ESPN, the -hmm. two Scouts Inc. guys for ESPN were myself and a guy named Jeff Weltman. You know what Jeff does now? He works for a team or a league, right? The president of Magic. That's right. And we've gone very different routes. (laughs) I didn't want, (laughs) I knew Jeff was very milk toast when he worked with us because he wanted to get back (laughs) in the NBA. I didn't have any interest in doing that. And, um, 
And so, but that's what we had to do. We had to break down every playoff game and every playoff series. So one of the things I would do was look at splits. Mm-hmm. How is a team playing when you're on the court, when you're off the court, separate from the on-court metrics, which we didn't have back then? Uh, and what are you doing when your team is winning? And what are you doing when your team is losing? And most guys don't have much of a difference. When they're winning, they're scoring X. When they're losing, it's pretty much the same. It's it's really not just one player. But look, you see Damien's? Oh, not great. <laughs> it's Stark. When he's winning, he's killing it. Mm-hmm. When they're losing, he's struggling. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I don't think that's just um, a coincidence. It could be, but I don't think so. I think they are desperate to, for, for him to be the Dame Lillard that they were last year. You said in our content, Carl, you know, 100, 100, 100 percentile basically in offense. Mm-hmm. That's not, and now he's elite. He ain't the right. best, though. But he ain't that, right. And he's had bad games, and they tend to lose those games, if you look at those numbers. Uh, like an 8 to 10 point difference in points per game and percentages, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They need him to be Dame Lillard. Why? Because Chris Middleton isn't Chris Middleton. Correct. He's just good. He's fine. But he right. isn't the difference maker he was before. And they don't play the defense the way they did before. Brooke Lopez has, has dropped off. Uh, Beasley's been an amazing shooter. But Dame Lillard is, is the star that serves the drink. Giannis is the drink. Mm-hmm. But Lillard is the straw that serves it. So uh, they need him to be better uh, on offense or they really have no shot. And yeah. he's just not able to do that the way he once could. And, you know, you mentioned he's still 95th percentile, right, on offense. So elite, as you mentioned, yeah, but elite. not not the best in the league. And, it, guys, that matters. That is, a, I mean, you. I said this morning in our content call, you could have made the argument last year based on metrics, yeah. on advanced metrics, he was the best offensive player in right. the league, which includes Nikola Jokic and all the other amazing players to play in this basketball league, right? You could make that case for Dame last year. And he's not, he's not that this year. And for Milwaukee to be what they want to be, which is clearly you make that move because you're a tight, you want to win a championship. He has to be that level of player for all the reasons coach just said, but defensively they're struggling. Um, we'll see if doc fixes that. I also wonder too, David, um, you know, not only did Dame leave Portland, Dame's also going through a divorce. Now, I, I, I don't know any of that stuff's public or what's been going on. He talked on, about it. He talked about it the I'm, other day. I'm sure that's got to be weighing on his mind, too. He did. No, Gerard, you're exactly right. I, I meant to tell you that. Um, he talked about how hard it's been to uh, go to a new team. Uh, having had lots of players that I've helped that have been traded, there's just so many things. I was just telling an agent today, um, when a player gets traded, they go to a hotel. The mm-hmm. team provides them a hotel. It ain't the Four Seasons. Right. This is not like when you travel on the road. It's fine. It's a, they get a hotel. Uh, I, if it's a player that I'm working with, I don't even talk to the, the new coaches about some things they, sh- they could do with this player to help them until he has a place to live. Mm-hmm. Like I, those are, there's, a, there's big picture issues here, right? If, you, if you're not feeling well, check your heart, check your brain, like check, the most, check your organs. Like that's the most important thing. When it comes to these players – before you start working on free throw form and pregame rituals, get them a place to live. Let's get them acclimated. Those are big issues. They're only on the court, you know, two to four hours a day. Uh, the rest of the day, what are they doing? And so Dame's got to has how to deal with that. Now he's on his second coach, uh, just this season alone, right? Mm-hmm. And then he said, "And I'm going through a divorce, which I had forgotten about." Uh, and he and he said, "And I love my children." Yeah, and they live in Portland. They're not. They're not with them in Milwaukee, which is what I assumed he was talking about when he said, "I love my children." I can't even imagine. I, I don't know why they got divorced. I don't follow that kind of stuff. Uh, I knew. I know lots of people have been divorced, and I've had people who didn't want the divorce and got divorced tell me, "This is not the life I wanted." And what they mean by that typically is not just that they're no longer living with their spouse, but they don't see their kids every day. And as a parent, I enjoyed my kids got sleepovers on a Friday or Saturday night. That was great. Mm-hmm. But I like that they were home all the time. This is why I had a family. Mm-hmm. And um, Dame doesn't have that. And so Correct. all that factors in. Yeah. Plus, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Portland is one of the cities I've never been to. I've been to Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I actually liked Milwaukee very much. But I don't think Milwaukee in February is great compared to Portland. I wouldn't think it's mm-hmm. the best place yeah. to be. It's a yeah. it's weather's not good. Um, yeah, it's weighing on him and 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 then all the other drama. That's not fun. Right. No. And and let's not forget. Terry Stotts, uh, who yep. argue a Dame whisperer, um, was yep. let go early or left the team early this year. Um, so, you know, a, a lot of upheaval. And, you know, one of the things that pro athletes thrive on, if you ever hear a pro athlete routine. talk about, is routine, yep. right? And this is not his routine, 
right? No. Everything about this is not his routine. So, yeah, it's no coincidence that struggling is happening. And let's also add, David, he's a small guard who is aging, right? He's on the other side of 30. Like, uh, these are all things that don't pr- project well to a team that can contend for championships from here on out, which is why you made the astute observation before the season started. Eh, Marcus should probably trade Giannis now and, and, start, and start the rebuild. But if you remember this road. If you remember, uh, and I don't know at all that it would happen, nor do I even know if it was the best deal, but I suggested they should try to get Chad Holmgren mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, let, and let Thunder play with Giannis and Shea mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they would have done it. I don't know if they'd have been better than they are this year. But I, I think there was some. There probably could have been some real conversations with that. Sure, that'd have been no nice. Chet's pretty good. He's not playing as great as he was before, but he's just a rookie. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Now it's this is the reality, folks. Um, and anyway, yeah. So Milwaukee, you know, look, Doc, who by the way is going to coach the All Star game, which he <laughs> admits this is the most ridiculous thing ever. My, my it's the dumbest. The game. He should claim a stomachache or something. Uh, right, and just not. I mean, let it, it, let it be his top assistant. Yeah, yeah. Let somebody else go. Who cares? Somebody who's been Doc's there the whole coached- year. Doc's coached a million All Star games before. He doesn't. He don't need to do this. Nor, nor does he want to. He clearly doesn't also want they, to. Go. They should have. <laughs> they should have a place in where you can turn it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then maybe there has to be some exceptions. Well, one exception would be if you took over during the course of the season prior right. to the All Star break. Right. You know, have, Correct. You can't just do it because you don't want to do it because you want to go to the beach, whatever. But yeah, he has an excuse. I just took over the team. My record mm-hmm. is not good. Right. Yeah. I've won less games than any coach in the NBA as of now this year. He's, he's last. <laughs> Dead last. That's true. Uh, it's just not good optics. So pick yeah. Maya's top assistant, which will be a right. real honor for the right. assi- whoever the top assistant is. Uh, Joe Prunty, mm-hmm. is it maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Um, or let it be the next guy in line because he's, he's only doing because Missoula did it last year, right? As uh, which I think is a dumb rule too, right? Like the, I, I mean, we're full of dumb rules. Like if you okay, if you yes. you you should be able to turn it down if you want to. But if you keep producing the best team in the league, let them let them have the option of coaching yeah. the game or not. No doubt. Uh, well, speaking of a team that the coach could have been someone who coached the elsewhere team, which would be Nick Nurse, who'd be next in line. Um, they have a bit of an issue going on, David. Joel, Joel Embiid, um, he had, he, I don't know if the surgery happened yet or it's going to happen today. It either happened or it's going to happen today. It's going to have meniscus surgery, um, which is, of course, terrible news. Um, and according to the reports, the Pacers, are, Pacers the Sixers are bracing for extended absence. Um, Do we know how long it might be? Whenever they use vague terms like that, I, I, I'm like, it's going to be a long time. But do we know? Um, like, is it? We, we don't know. I, no I know. I mean, a meniscus surgery, like, this isn't something where, like, in three weeks, you're good to go. I mean, he's going to be laid up for a bit. Um, if he's back by the end of the regular season, that's probably a good sign. And But who knows where Philly's going to be in that interim. Well, um, and, so- and it doesn't work out that cutely. Where it, whenever you Tim, you're, you're like this, a meniscus here with surgery, always back right in time for the playoffs. It, it doesn't yeah, work that right. way. It's going to be six not. weeks, eight weeks. Someone knows what the typical. We'll read about it today. I just haven't mm-hmm. had a chance to look today. But there's people who cover this kind of stuff. There's businesses that do it, and they'll know what the common return time is: three to six months, give or take. <clears throat> three months. So three months goes to early March, early April, early May. Wow, yeah, he's done. And then you and then you bring him back for the he's most not, They're not going to be around the, anymore. They're not going to be around anymore. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So he's out for the so season. So it, it, it's this is this is likely what it looks like and this is a shame because he was playing Oh my god. We we said it. He was MVP. I mean, you Unanimous, you're like he's you're like he's Shaq, he's he's Dirk, he's you you combined yeah. all these I compared <laughs> I compared it was a weird thing on today's call. I said he's Shaq. I, and uh, and Dirk Nowitzki was shooting it, and I said Dave the Busher. <laughs> yeah, Dave the that. Busher. That's right. I was just thinking, guys, <laughs> just like finding ways to win games. Like he's remarkable. It's just remarkable what he's doing. It really is. Okay, so you're Daryl Morey now, and the likelihood is punt. He, okay, so you're punt. Punt on the season. Okay, okay. I mean, what are you gonna do? You're right. You're right. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to make any trade for anyone. Trade to Tobias what? and get some good players. Let Maxi score 35 Maxie, a game yeah. the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, let Paul Reed get a bunch of playing time. Paul Reed, who should yeah. be playing more anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I would – I would. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't thought it, – it, it's unfair for me to, to speak flippantly. It's just Darrow's life right, and the right. Sixers' lives. Um, for sure. Uh, I wouldn't say punt, meaning lose on purpose. Just Correct. Uh, you should only be thinking about next season. This season's done. Let's, let's worry about next season. 
let's try to win games with our guys that we think can help us win games next year. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to re-sign Tobias, I think he's a free agent. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I think his deal and, ends at the end of this year. Yep. Right. The, I would I would say, unless you're planning on re-signing him, I would, I would make the move now and, and build for next year because they're done. Yeah. I mean, wow. This is, whew. It, and we talk about this all the time. This is how quickly the fortunes of teams change okay. in this league. I mean, th- this is a team that we all were like, you know, they this is their this is their time. Joel can advance to his first conference month. How many wins do they have right now? I'll pull them up right now. The gotta be thirty something. Uh, they're definitely in the thirties for sure. Uh, they are uh, thirty and eighteen, man. And they're listen, and they're falling right. So yeah. they're five and five in their last ten. They are now seven games back of Boston. Uh, yeah, it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is why I say. Put together a team that can win 50 to 55 games a year, every single year, uh, and you've done a hell of a service. It's hard to do. Right. Uh, hard. Injuries can really wreck any season. They're not going to get 55 now, for sure. They're not going to get 50 probably now. Probably not. Uh, it's probably not right. Um, yeah, it stinks. It just stinks. Um, Unless by some miracle, David, this is – I don't know. Like, there's some magical healing powers that, though I doubt it, because if you again, it's a meniscus. Certainly, uh, like, going and, into his knee, and it's Joel Embiid. Like the last thing right. you can do is rush a guy back. Correct. If it's in his last season ever, that's one thing. The same, right? Like right. you got to think about next year. Yeah, you, you're better off saying to Joel, "Don't worry about it." If we're still playing yeah. in June and you've had a good three weeks to ramp up, great. But right. we cannot even think for one second you're coming back this year. Uh, because we have to have you. We, let's go win MVP again next year. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's the reality of it. Uh, more injuries, David. Zach Levine's also out for the season um, in Chicago, a team that already was. I mean, first of all, they're not good, so there's yeah. that. Stuff. Way different impact on the young right. league. <laughs> Co- correct. Uh, Lonzo Ball was already uh, out, but yeah. you know, Levine has been uh, uh, a name that's come up a lot in trade talks. Right, as someone who will be on the move. Well, not getting moved now. Um, if he's out for the season, what what's going on in Chicago, and what should that team do? You said reset punt. For the 76ers, I mean, full-on rebuild time in, in Chicago, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it makes sense to trade. To, we said this all along to Rosen, Vucevic. Caruso. And uh, and Alex, for sure, who's having a great season. Um, build around Io and Pat Williams. Mm-hmm. And, I like um, that. I like, I like uh, Kobe White. I do. Uh, those guys, some of them made progress. Others haven't. No one's made huge progress. Kobe's had a much better year. I get maybe he's made the most progress. Um, they've got some good young pieces. I have no idea what their future is going to look like right now, um, but it makes no sense to keep those veterans. Uh, it just doesn't. So get your financial house in order. Chicago could be a destination to get the right player. Yeah, for sure. Um, if they're going to move on from Billy, now's the time to do it. I was just going to ask you about that. You know, Billy, what do you, is Billy uh, the kind of guy you want to, okay, Billy, stay with us. We're going to rebuild, start over from scratch. Or is Billy I wouldn't like, think, eh. I don't know. I wouldn't think so. I spoke to a player on a team a while ago, a player on that team a while ago, and he told me that, that Billy's lost the locker room mm. and um, he seems kind of checked out. This is what a player said to me. I don't know if it's true. Uh, they've done okay here and there, but um, they're actually playing better without Zach anyway. Yeah. Uh, but to what end? Uh, if, yeah. if you're if you're if you want to keep the veterans because you think you're building something with the young guys, and as we talked about with with, with um, uh, the Charlotte coach said Steve Clifford, mm-hmm. uh, it's important to, it, it, for these guys to develop better. They need to play in important games, intense games. So there's an argument to keep those guys if indeed you can create that. I'm not sure they're creating that, right? You know, with those veterans, so you're probably better off getting your financial house in order by moving those guys. Maybe attach a contract you don't want, get mm-hmm. the right players in return, get some picks. And live to see another day. That, that's, I mean, you can get some good players and some good so. draft assets for those players, I think. For sure. Uh, DeRozan will have value uh, for a contending team if they can figure out salary match. Caruso, for sure. A guy who can defend and shoot even, three. Even Vucevic to, to the yeah. right team that needs maybe rebound. Like, okay, see, I've not looked at anything, but the, you need to have a center that can shoot. And they always need rebounding help. Um, I could argue that, that Vucevic will even play more minutes than Chet Holmgren in the playoffs. Chet's mm, still a rookie. He's still a rookie. Right. And so at least give them the option. Uh, but Sam may not do it for all the different reasons Sam may not do it. Um, uh, and who am I to question him? But um, I could see Vucevic getting something in return to. And the yeah. and the Thunder have so many number one picks that they can get oh, rid of one. They, one got, they get a zillion. As, as we've said before, they could trade five of them and it's Doesn't not going matter. to screw anything up. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. fine. Yeah. 
All right, guys, we'll be back after a brief commercial break. <clears throat> All right, David, I was looking at listening to the JJ Reddick podcast, and uh, he had Paolo Bancaro on uh, recently. And Paolo, by the way, someone who you you were high on, um, and I think you said this year, like he's he's really coming along, and you. I even I see in my you know non basketball development eyes see improvement in his game. Not um, not he's not worthy of an all star pick for sure. No 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 no. no he's no. made he made it. He ain't good enough to be one yet. There's a lot of upside there, and he's he's starting to realize it. He's a very talented mm-hmm. player. Super super talented, and uh, you know he spent some time uh, with Kevin Durant this summer. Um, and you know, I always, I always like when young players spend time with older veteran players and they talk about, you know, whoa. And I, I always go back to when Paolo was, before he came to the league as a rookie and he was like, oh, LeBron's just better. He's like, all Kevin Durant can do better than LeBron is shoot. Like, and he kind of like dismissed as like, you know, LeBron is just light years better. And I'm like, oh, Paolo, I don't think that's actually the case that everybody played their first game when Durant was still in Brooklyn. He's like, oh, that guy's pretty good. I'm like, yeah, well. <laughs> He's pretty good at basketball, and he spent some time shooting with him this summer, doing doing various drills. And he just talked about the the intentionality, and that's something I know you talk about with your guys when they're doing their drills and their work, um, and the routine again, how everything looks the exact same, and the the focus and the speed at which they go through it with. Um, and he's like, "Oh, it taught me like a different level of how to work and what working means." And you know, this is something I'm sure you teach your guys as well, right? Like they they think they know what hard work is, but you're like. Buddy, this is the beginning. Like, if you want to get to where you want to be, this is the kind of work you got to put in. I thought it was pretty cool for Paolo to uh, to acknowledge that at such a young age. What is he? Twenty years old? Maybe twenty one. Maybe he ain't older than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I told you. Uh, I, I told you guys on the show. There's a young player in college that I talk to a lot to help out. Not a lot, but I help mm-hmm. him. And he had this big game the other night. He had a game winning mm-hmm. shot, and he was interviewed afterwards in the, on the stage. You know the. What do they call it? The um the dais. Yeah. And uh he's 20 years old, this kid. And I just thought, oh my God, if someone put a microphone in my mouth when I was 20, <laughs> I might have gone to jail. I was just an idiot. These guys sound so professional. But for him, for Paolo at 19 to say what he said, like, like you're 19, you're just not smart. You're not worldly. <laughs> it, it doesn't mean you're not have gifted and don't have potential. You just have no, you have no reference points. You really, it's really just hilarious. Really, I, I, we're lucky. Well, you're young, you're old enough to be as lucky as us. Well, we don't have any videos of us back in the day, typically. Thank God. Fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, these guys have no choice but to be stupid publicly or just say silly things. They're not stupid. Um, so I remember one time I was, I had a, a bunch of, Pre-draft guys, whatever year of the draft Michael Beasley was in. I don't remember. It might okay. have been 07. That was the year, year after Duran, I think. Yep. <clears throat> um, and uh, we were we were all having lunch together. It was like a lot of us. I had like 15 guys in the draft every year back then. And we're all having lunch at a place called Cherries in Bradenton. And uh, Michael Beasley was being interviewed. And um, he was talking about his three-hour sessions for pre-draft. And meanwhile, he was guaranteed to be a top two pick. It was him and Derek Rose, if I remember correctly. Guaranteed. Those guys don't work out for anybody except right. for the team that's going to draft them. I guess nobody. My guys, I think I had, depending on what year it was, um, I had some lottery picks in one of these years, but I don't know what year it was. But most of these guys have to go 10, 15 places to work out, and it's Game of Thrones War. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, which at least my guys were ready for Game of Thrones War. Right. Like you're going to get scratched and bloodied. The other guys better look the same as you, or if not worse. And so they're listening to Beasley talk about his workout and they're watching, they videoed some of it mm-hmm. and it, it was slow motion. And right. my guys yeah. were just looking at each other like, what, what in doing? the hell is going, this guy's going to go number two and he's walking through everything. And I said, well, how, well, do you guys think we should do three hour workouts? So like in 45 minutes, we can't stand up when, because I, <laughs> conditioning is a big part of, of this, of the pre-draft. It's hard. It's hard. Now, when you, when you're in Paolo's position and Kevin Durant's position and it's not the draft anymore. <laughs> then fitness is not the most important thing at that time of year. What's important is to mimic game speed. Not always, often. There's definitely, we go up and down, we're a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. I'll never do two super hard days in a row in the summer. Why would you? Of yep. Unless you're getting ready for a summer league or whatever, that's different. Um, and and I like a lot of randomness in what we do because the game is very, very right. random. Yeah. Uh, so we try to train that way. Unless we're trying to learn a particular skill. 
because you're never going to learn it if you only do random. You're going to have to repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, and start getting that muscle memory. And you'll learn from it, biofeedback, and all of that. Uh, but I do know this. Uh, I, I, we allow coaches to come watch us train. And we allow parents, uh, not necessarily of the players we're training, but like if there's a high school kid in the area that's really good and they want to see their coach calls me up, hey, can I let so-and-so with his parents watch what our NBA workout looks like? And then we let some teams come, like high school teams. Mm. And you said the word, the intentionality of it. They're, they're, everyone always says the same things. They're shocked at how serious the players are. They're <laughs> like, it, I used to, have to uh, the only player I had to rein in was Corey Brewer, who could be Chris Rock. He's just crazy, crazy funny. Also brilliantly <laughs> smart guy. Uh, like really crazy smart about basketball. And, Corey is so talented, especially back in the day, that he didn't have to really go at it. And he's still the world's fastest man with the ball in his hands because mm. he was so athletic. So I would, luckily, I was close enough where I said, hey, let's, let's lock in right here. I need the other guys to stay locked in because they're just laughing at you. But other than that, like no one's laughing. Uh, Ryan Pannone is super funny. So I used to have to rein Ryan in sometimes because he would make <laughs> these guys laugh a little more than I wanted him to. But um, the focus. And, and then you never, I never have to tell a veteran, don't dribble when I'm talking. The rookies may play with it if they're high, if they're a college coach or a high school coach wasn't a, a tough guy. I don't do a, a, there's not a duo here. It's it's a solo, right? I don't talk a lot. I try not to talk very much. But when I'm talking, I need your I need you to listen with your eyes, and you hold the ball. You don't got to tell veterans that they they know how yeah, to respect. They know. and they want to hear everything you're saying, right? And mm-hmm. then you can see them kind of go through the motions themselves. You see it even on the on the bench sometimes. For sure, if they miss a shot. Um, the focus. Of every and they don't deal with failure great. They don't kick the ball necessarily, but they're not going to finish a drill on a missed shot. You almost Never. don't have to ask. On occasion, Never. I will give me the ball. I got to. I got to make it. Yeah, they're just there. And so good for young people to see it. It really is good for them to see it. And so in Paolo's cases, I mean, you almost can't script a more gifted human being for basketball than Paolo in terms of pure athletics. He's huge. I know huge. that. I stood next to him in person in Durham couple years ago when he was a freshman there he's huge he's super strong handles it beautiful passer mm-hmm. he's starting to develop a shot 36 percent from three i think mm-hmm. greater not greater mm-hmm. on the rim good around the rim like just super gifted those guys tend not to have to grind and that's the curse there's a lot of players who never really learned it because they just never had to before and by the time they started having to do it it was too late they kind of were set yep. in their ways and um it's good for Paolo to see early on like one of the world's greatest ever players at basketball and maybe maybe the best seven foot non-center he is the best mm-hmm. seven foot non-center of all time for sure right right i yeah. rank him number one because uh, tim no duncan doubt. wasn't seven feet six ten and he was kind of a center anyway right yeah durant is one of one for sure no doubt and uh yeah it's good for Paolo. i think it's good for him to see it and uh and maybe it'll you know impact him over the course of time it certainly has done it hasn't hurt him this year no. He's, you know, he's not there yet, but he's on his way. No. And it's, you know, the, all the greats talk about it. Right. And then one of my favorite things, uh, David, when we had Stan Van Gundy on the pod yeah. during, during, um, I during COVID and I love this from Stan and he's like, you know, fans, you watch the games and I get it. When you see a player do something amazing, that makes you jump out of your seat. Cause you're like, Oh, and that's, I mean, who doesn't want their synapses excited like that? It's like, but as a coach, you know, what makes the great ones so great. Their ability to do the routine thing every single time. It's like that's what excites me. And that's it's the work, right? Like you have to love the work if you're going to be whatever your talent's going to let you be in the right situation, all things we talk about to develop it. But if you don't love the work, I mean, you know, it's probably not gonna ever happen for you to ever be what you want to be. I was telling my daughter's in a position where she, you know, she's starting to look at jobs and everything, and someone very smart gave her the advice of. Um, well, what are you most passionate about? And so I said to Rachel, I'm, I disagree with that. I said, you have to find something that you love to do and that you think you can be good at it. it can't, it's got to be both. You can't just be passionate about something. I, I, I'm very passionate about uh, music. I have less talent about music than anything. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I just don't have a skill at that. I really don't. I appreciate amazing art. I have no, I can't, I have stick figure man my whole life. I just have no talent, you know, almost anything. Um, you have to be both. And Durant, and you and I have talked about this, Durant is one of those guys who uh, just always wants to be in the gym. And, and you're lucky 
if that, if that is your gift, you know, you're very, very lucky. A lot of these guys love basketball. Uh, some of them don't love working. And that's going to that's gonna be a, a failure ultimately. And the other thing is, and we have to say this, because there's nothing with working out. Uh, Durant is also, um, he plays the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, he's easy to coach. He plays the right way. He doesn't have to get a shot every possession or two. Uh, he's the opposite of what I'm, I see in the G League all the time. All these guys think that they've just got to shoot. I watched the main Celtics the other day, and um, I, I just I just feel badly. All but one player on that team thinks that if I just keep shooting, they're going to let me play with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And the one player who doesn't play that way, who happens to be the best shooter, is thinking, I think he's playing like, well, I want to play with those guys, so I'm going to make the right play. Correct. And he's got the future, I think, and the other guys don't. They just don't have the future. They're they're chucking the ball. And right. Brad Stevens is not anxious to get those guys to play with his studs. We got enough of those. Tatum and Brown taking all the shots. And Porzingis, we don't need you to shoot. And they got Derek White and Drew Holiday <laughs> right. as right. third, fourth and fifth. Exactly. Net, yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> and this is every team typically has something like that. And the young players don't get it. Durant does. All the best players do. They understand their position in the grand scheme of things. It's it's jazz. It's not a solo act. Yeah, no. It's uh, I'm very curious to see how Paolo continues to grow. And also Orlando, we we talked about Jamal Mosley. We yeah. love what he's doing down there. Yeah. Um, as you said, we doubt they do anything, and it's fine. They should just hopefully continue to make the play in. I think they're still in that in that area. They yeah, are. they're seventh right now, twenty seven yeah. and twenty three. So hopefully they actually make the play in. They get some because we talked about young teams get that experience of what it like playing meaningful games, which they're going to now. At, after the All-Star break, in the years past, it was, oh, God, we've got to slog away for the rest of the season. No, they got games that count now, so that's going to be a whole different experience. For them I think so. I think, the yeah, they're 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 going to fight. I, I think the Pacers will beat them out, but they're going to fight for a sixth seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I just started thinking this earlier. Uh, I don't know where Philly's going to end up and Milwaukee, but I know this. You don't want to be a four or five seed. You'd rather be six, two, three, or six, because then you avoid mm-hmm. Boston. Correct. Right. If you're a six seed, you play the three, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know who that's going to be, but it could be Boston probably. <laughs> right. And so you might see some interesting jockeying. We'll pay attention mm-hmm. to this in March of teams yeah. trying to avoid the four or five because then you, <laughs> the four or five alone is going to be tough, and then and then you'd rather play the three just because it's not going to be that much of the four or five before you play the one next time. So it's interesting as a coach. How I mean, most coaches will tell you, I don't play games like that. I want to win every game in front of me. We'll deal with whoever we got to play whenever we got to play them. But how, how do you think about that when you try to position yourself seating-wise to avoid certain matchups? I think it's really dangerous. Yeah. Maybe I'm old school and a math guy can show me I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong. I think teams that have done that before end up getting bit in the ass. It's, uh, it's, it's really hard to uh, – I'm not sure what the right term is, but it's hard to grab onto that, that ability to play well. And when you let it slip through your fingers almost on purpose – Mm-hmm. I just think it's like grabbing a ghost. You're just not going to, it's not so easy to get it back. You're better off just trying to be the best you can be. You're going to have to, whether it's this round, next round, you're going to have to play those teams. And we've seen upsets before, sure right? I, the only way you're going to do it is by really developing a consistent ability to play well, right? Great teams tend to play great. Good teams tend to play good. Average teams tend to play average. Bad teams tend to play bad. And they all live in each other's spectrums. The Celtics mm-hmm. can play terrible. Right or bad? The bad teams it. can play great. <laughs> Charlotte had one great game, I think, last week. Beat Minnesota, mm-hmm. right? And they, but they're a bad team. So you want to be one of those teams that if I can normally play great, well, now you got to play greater more often to beat me. Because if I'm playing great seven games in a row, you can't just play great three games because I'm going to beat right. you the other four, and right. maybe maybe steal a game in the other one. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that's a better way to play it. No, but but it doesn't mean teams won't be jockeying oh. for position. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned the start of the show, David, that uh, the trade deadline will be here Thursday. And I threw out a couple of teams that interest me about what they can do and where they are now and, and, and what maybe uh, they should be looking at. Uh, not necessarily a particular trade, but like, you know, what do they need going forward? So let's start with the Utah Jazz. Here's a team that's interesting, right? They just had that big win uh, against the, the Bucks last night. They're in 10th right now. They're kind of fighting with Houston, Golden State, two game, a game and a half behind them. The big question, first of all, is what is Danny doing over there? Does he want to win now or does he want to move guys? 
Now, we all know uh, that the trades that happen are the ones we don't care about. So it's very possible that Lori could be on the move somewhere, and we won't know until the deal actually gets done. Right. And then if that happens, well, then it's over. They're clearly in rebuild mode. Um, so I think it's fair to start with, all right, Lori and team marketing, what are you thinking? Are we going to be in the running for you? Or should we extend you when we can? Uh, uh, max you out. Mm-hmm. You know, where, what are you thinking on that? I think I think it has to start with that. If you can get a firm commitment of, I, I love it. You you guys help me play at a level I've mm-hmm. never played at before. I like Will Hardy. I like the culture. I like living here. Whatever, because if if he really will stay, uh, and says I'm here, then I think you can start thinking about. All right, let's let's. He's our Shea Gildas Alexander. He's older mm-hmm. than Shea was. Mm-hmm. He's already mm-hmm. 26, I think. 26. Mm-hmm. But still, you can do that. And so let's start. Let's see if we can't next year pop into the top six when you're 27 uh, and maybe even get better from there. So maybe we have to move one or two of our young guys for a, a veteran player. Um, we, we wrote the other day about the two timelines for the Warriors, mm-hmm. so that really melted down. It's hard to do that. Although, yeah. you know, Laurie's not in the level of Curry and those guys, and he's by himself. But you can start having those conversations of, do we make a move? Kante George was great in one quarter. You know, do we think he could be the answer? Maybe. Right. Um, Jordan Clarkson, do we want to keep him or is he someone we move for maybe a younger but good good contributor? Or if Lori's unsure, mm-hmm. I think you have to trade him. I'm a I'm mm-hmm. a big believer in if you don't absolutely firmly know 99 plus percent he's here long term, trade a guy. Because yeah. you don't want to be yeah. held hostage later on. You might as well do Correct. it now when no one sees it coming. And you'll get right. the most value for it as opposed to they all know he's on his yeah. way out, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. I, and I just, I, I know this. Ever since um, Hito Turkoglu took more money to leave Orlando after they had lost to the Lakers in five games in which three of those games went overtime. And one of those games, game one, Courtney Lee missed a very tough layup mm-hmm. on a sideline lob. But still, he missed it. If he makes the lay, I think, I, I don't think they went overtime or they would have won the game, but. It was a great series. They lost Hito Turklu. They traded Courtney Lee. We never, we've never heard from Magic again, basically. Yep. Um, and Hito, who led the fourth quarter and led the league in fourth quarter scoring for Stan, we never heard from him again either. He made a bunch of money and never did a damn thing. So to me, it, it team marketing would be smart to consider not quite the market we maybe want as an international star. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's more money elsewhere. I doubt it. That Max is Max. Um, war winning somewhere else, maybe, but it's great to play. I mean, every player dreams of winning championships, but they also dream of being the best they can be, right? Sure. Uh, just playing the best they could possibly play. He's doing that. He's living it. Yeah. So I think there's a hell of an argument to say, you know, embrace us, we'll embrace you, and and then help us. We'll we'll get you involved mm-hmm. to build the team we think we can contend with. That's that's what I think they should do. I like it. All right, the Oklahoma City Thunder, your West leading. Oklahoma City Thunder at 35 and 15, 20 games above 500. Talk about a turnaround. Um, like we've talked about them so many times about how many picks they have, what they should do. Look, I get it. It's easy to fall in love with the idea that we have all these picks and our guys are young and we could do this forever. But when you're good and you have a chance, I mean, they could end the year as the one seed, which means you have a shot at winning the title. I think they should do something. Uh, we both have our doubts, though, whether whether um, Sam will do anything or not, though. Yeah, I don't. I would not pick them to win the West right now, as currently constructed. There's too many holes that I don't trust in the postseason. We we have to be proven wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I am a believer that you don't have to have a ton of experience, but I think some is good. And they just got some guys that I think are not going to be great in the postseason. Giddy, Dort, but Dort will probably be okay. Chet. Chet, Jalen Williams is shooting great, but I don't think he's going to shoot great. He's a second-year player. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Shea is going to be amazing. He's going to be the MVP, I think, for sure. Yeah, Not for sure, but very likely the MVP. And they probably are going to win the West. Um, I think we, we're guessing that Chris Finch is going to represent the West coaching staff probably. because they have a better conference record. They have the same mm-hmm. overall record. That's my guess. I think mm-hmm. they're 24-8 in the conference, we said. Um, but, uh, I, I, yeah, I'd like to see – I mean, they should be on the phone about marketing too. You know, that's the first thing. Now if Utah's not going to keep marketing, uh, that's that. I mean, I've written that before. You should look at that. But um, yeah, I but I I would guess they're going to do nothing, and uh, 
see how they fail in the postseason, and then start filling holes. That's my guess. Right. Plugging holes. Yeah, which, you know, is not a bad strategy, but I, I would opt differently. Uh, the Pelicans, if it are another interesting team that has draft capital. Um, yeah, they do. And, you know, they're playing pretty well, 28 and 21. Um, they're in seventh. They're a game behind or half game behind Phoenix uh, for top six. So they're going to be right around there. Um, Zion, B.I., they, they, they've got – we've seen them do some good stuff in the playoffs. This is a team, I think the, – the, the, the tough part is the Zion piece, right, because we just don't know how healthy he's going to be going forward, how, you know, how much he's going to be focused on basketball, all the different things. But, man, when this team is clicking, and we've seen them in some games this season click, yeah. they look really, really good. They're just – Things aren't all the way there for obvious reasons, right? But do they do something to solidify that and say, no, we're serious and committed now to winning and being a team that you mentioned every year we try to win 50 games? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it starts with Zion. Uh, he's – I never thought I would see him just being a really good player. I thought it would be better than that. Yeah. And I'm not he's saying just, he won't get there. Yeah. Right. But he's just a really good player now. He's not incredible. He did have a game winner the other night. Can't let him go left, San Antonio. <laughs> he, he's really good at going left, though. Um, he's uh, he's and they've been he and Bi's been good, not incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, CJ's been shooting great, not a great lead guard. Uh, Valanciunas seems like he's taking a big drop off defensively, but he's amazing offensively and a great person, great locker room guy. Really, mm-hmm. the people I've talked to about JV, if, if they just they love him so much, they really do. Um, just consistently, always there. Um, but yeah, Najee Marshall has been a nice positive. Mm-hmm. Nice Daniels mm-hmm. hasn't made it yet. Uh, he's young. He's talented, but he's young. Alvarado's been okay. Like they still can grow as a team. Sure can. I'd like to see them do something and go get someone else, whoever it would be. I haven't looked at it, but uh, um, I don't think that I, I, when I think of the West, I think of the Clippers and the Nuggets being head and shoulders by everybody else. Uh, and so unless you're willing to make a big deal, you're, you know, you, you're going to be, much less competitive against those two teams, I think. Yeah, and yeah, and I think right now they wouldn't. I mean, I, I wouldn't even pick them to beat Phoenix right now in in a playoff series. So I agree with you. You know, uh, yes. Yeah, so if they if they want to move up, I think that's that's an area they should look yeah. at. Uh, all right, we're going to finish out with the two local teams here where I am in in the city in New York, uh, Brooklyn. You know, they seem to have a bunch of mixed matched parts, right? Um, a lot of three and D guys, Cam Johnson, Dorian Finney Smith, um, Mikel Bridges, like just a lot of long, but Royce no, O'Neal, like Royce O'Neal, but like no one, that guy, right? <laughs> They're missing that bridges would be a great number two somewhere or a number three, like as, as he was in Phoenix. Um, but they have picks, um, cause they didn't, they recouped the sum in there. Kevin Durant not, trade. not many though, not many, but, but, but they, they have, they have picks. And the Kyrie trade. Um, but my question for them is, for you is, do you think they should just really, why are we messing around? Like, let's just get straight to the rebuild here and, and I really think tear this thing I, down. Because to the I don't know that they feel like they have enough picks for that. Um, mm. I've heard that, that, uh, that they're going to try to keep their core and, and just be, build a nice competitive team that's winning more games than losing. Um, uh, I think, uh, I don't know what they're going to do. Claxton, uh, Daron Sharp has improved. Mm-hmm. They've got some legit centers. They're got, young guys. And I mean, you have to pay those guys at some point. And so do you want to then, because they're underperforming this year, Debbie, 20 and 28. They are. They're out of, and it's just, I'm like, well, so you have to pay. And I'm not saying Claxton isn't worth it. He's playing well. But if you pay him now, what does what are you saying about your team? Do you have enough there to be in that 6-7 range, which is where I think they should, probably should be, as opposed to 11, which is where they are now? You know, and I just don't know. I would probably not pay him. I would, I would, I would move him and get. I think so. A future asset or a young, I, young player in a better position and build around Dayron, so. who's pretty good. I Sharp's a pretty so. good player. Um, I think, I think they could use a true lead guard. Spencer yes. is not a lead guard that mm-hmm. way, and and he probably has value as a thirty-year-old. Mm-hmm. They have a lot. You know, Cam Johnson's twenty-nine. I think mm-hmm. maybe twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. Bridges is twenty-seven. Um, Cam's not been good this year. He's been a disappointment. O'Neal's 30. He's been a disappointment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would move off of of anyone that's not a definite starter for me long-term. If you're not definitely starting for me, I'm trading you. Uh, And even if you are, in in Spencer's case, I would get someone who can really make everyone else better and really guard. And um, and then if if you're not going to – if class is going to be too expensive, because I don't mind paying him and trading him later. Right. Right. Keep the asset. Probably is what Mm -hmm. they should do is keep the asset. Unless the asset gets you something really good. The player gets something good right now. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they they have a murky future. The head coach, we don't know if he's yeah. gonna be there long term either. Yeah. And it was also the Cam Thomas. What do you want to do with him? Right? Because he's yeah. pro- he's a proven scorer. We know he's that. improved. That he can and he's do. improved as a player. Mm-hmm. Is he year two? Yeah, uh three. Is he two year three, three now? Two? Maybe two. I two. can't remember, but no, he's uh I mean he and James Booknight were similar players. Book Knight's kind of lost on Charlotte's bench. Yeah. Cam Thomas is a, an offensive Very player. Good. He's yes, got to get better at everything else. He's young. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily get rid of him. Yeah, I yeah. like it. I think though that, uh, and they still have some work to do to be relevant again. Still, that's for sure. <sighs> a lot of work to do. Now, with the Joel Embiid news, the New York Knicks are in an interesting position. David, they are rising fast in the Eastern Conference. Nine and one, just blo- broke broke their nine game winning streak in the last ten. They're thirty two and eighteen. Um, Look, Jalen Brunson, of course, we know he's been playing phenomenal. They have the Julius Randle thing to worry about with the separated shoulder. OG didn't play last game, if I'm not mistaken. He's missed like four straight, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's little nicks and knacks here, but, and they have, they have draft capital. So I was on a show uh, yesterday in New York with the New York Post, and they asked me, you know, are the Knicks contenders? And I'm like, look, they have the profile that says to me, given the right matchups, they can get to a conference finals, right? If they play, but, in terms of continuing to win a title, no, because they don't have enough on-ball creation for me. Right right now, your only one is Jalen Brunson. And you know how I feel about little guards. They, they worry me in the postseason, right? Um, they need something else somewhere. Now, Nick fans are always obsessed with who's in And I'm like, I'm not saying you necessarily go get the next star. But there could be something out there. I don't know who off the top of my head. But they need somebody else, I think, out there as like a wing creator type. Actually, you know who might be good on this team, but it wouldn't work. and They would never do it. Mikel Bridges would actually be nice on this team. Like I think he would help. He'd be, be good, really good on this team. He'd be good. <laughs> cool. uh, uh, I don't know when Mitch Robinson's coming back. Yep, there's that. Yeah, and he so helps them defensively for sure, not so much offensively. But right, right. And and when Julius comes back, which will mm-hmm. be another month, maybe how far? Yeah, yeah, at least a month, I think. Yeah. Um, Josh Hart's not been great this year. I know. I know he's got the reputation for it, but his numbers haven't been great. Um, Grimes okay, McBride okay, like mm-hmm. yeah, they're uh, they're okay. I, I think I think I think they remind me of some of Lionel Holland's best teams in Memphis, where Memphis. they just did a better job. Lionel got his guys to play so hard, mm-hmm. and that advantage in the regular season is mitigated some in the postseason because it's the postseason. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. whereas, like for example, New York destroyed Indiana on the glass, twenty four offensive rebounds the other night. Um, I, I not to say you can't do that on an occasion. The and the playoffs you do, we've seen that. But generally speaking, the other team's gonna play as hard as you. That's not been the case this season. New York's outplaying people to their great credit. That that advantage is mitigated. Therefore, they I think they need some more help. And yeah, I I wouldn't be afraid to. They can do some things. But they've been really judicious about their decision making. They have been very, and good. they've done a good job for sure. Uh, it, they're they're allowed to do nothing and see how OG fits in. Remember, OG sure. wants to do more. I don't know that he's got the game for it. I was going to say, can he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know that he's got the game for it, but he's an upgrade over RJ. You know, yes. uh, mm-hmm. last uh, the Raptors lost in double overtime last night to OKC. RJ was minus thirteen, which does not mean he played poorly. You can be minus thirteen and play great, and just so, but like Scotty was plus, and they shared a lot of the minutes together. When RJ mm-hmm. was in without Scotty, they got killed. RJ's advanced metrics were bad in the game. OG's a better player than than RJ yes. Barrett. Now maybe later it'll be different. And so, yeah, they've got they've got um, they could use some more quickness. I think I don't think they're a very athletic team, especially in the no, backcourt. No, um, they have to work really hard for everything, and yeah. that they just won't be able to do it as successfully in the postseason. I don't think. Now they, they're obviously they, they have a glutton of they're sort of like a lot of space at that at, at their forward positions. But I was thinking about Larry Markin might be nice for them. I don't know. I mean, other teams could offer more, and you have Julius Randle who plays ostensibly the same position. Um, then I was thinking about Cat. Um, then he gives you defensive issues, but you know, maybe he at least stretches the floor. Sometimes. I would be you surprised know. that they're not looking for a big time upgrade at, at a position, but also recognizing we're not just going to bring a guy in to bring a guy in. I think Correct. they, I think they feel like they've got an identity here, mm-hmm. um, and they also have a culture, and they're yeah. not going to sacrifice that, which I give them credit for. Yeah, no, I mean, because that wasn't who they were six years ago, right? They've so give, this they, is... they've given their fans a good season, right? How mm-hmm. many wins they have now? Thirty-two, did I just say? Yep, thirty-two and eighteen. Yeah, so they got fifty-plus wins in their in their sights. 
Yes. That's a, in Madison Square Garden, that's a good year. Oh, listen, yeah. this city is obsessed with this team right now. And they're really? having, oh, you know, they're, they're loving it. Look, and it's, look, listen, uh, another playoff run, another playoff appearance uh, will be their third in four years. Like this is, listen, it's been a long time since they've been doing this consistently. So this is, this is good for the city. Yeah. All right, everybody, uh, stay tuned and stay close to True Hoop because uh, David, I'm sure, will have lots of thoughts on any trades that go down. And we will see you all on Thursday. Take care.